Follow us at Sid Radio Live. Supported by Head Start Wolverhampton. Visit headstart.fm to find out more. Listeners, I'd like to welcome uh, to Head Start this evening my very good friend Simon Finch. Simon, welcome to Head Start FM. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, you are speaking at Safer Internet Day celebration here at the Central Grand Station in Wolverhampton. You've got a parents' evening ahead of you. What are you going to be saying? Oh, good afternoon, Russell. Um, thanks for having me on your show. It's, I'm looking forward to, to speaking to the parents. I, I work with parents and carers as well as any organization or adults that work with young people yeah. uh, pretty much uh, every day and every week. But parents are a particularly um, important group because, of course, they're the ones that are looking after their own children. And, and one of the challenges that I think that we have as parents is that it's very difficult to be able to provide a clear and uh, useful advice for our children about staying safe online and and for many parents i think i think what we do is is often uh do what our parents did to us and mm-hmm. so if children say that they they are being bullied online for example then our, as parents we may turn around and say well go outside and play with real friends go and kick a ball about go and see real people and in fact that advice may be helpful for some young people but mm-hmm. there are many young people, most young people, and you know yourself, that, that yeah. actually our online relationships are essential to our, our own well-being and our interactions, and, and we need to be a lot more uh, proactive in providing support for young people rather than uh, what sometimes can be quite lazy messages of, of support. So some of the things that I'll be thinking about and talking to the teachers about is the, the, the confusion and, mm-hmm. and uh, problems that we cause for our children if we look at what they do in school they have very supervised internet access and Mm. there are filters that are put in place and very restricted what they can access and they're not allowed to use their mobile devices and and often there'll be more than one responsible adult in the room watching over their shoulders and guiding them and then when the children go home although many parents would say oh yes i I do watch what my child is doing the truth is, is that there'll be many minutes and half hours and hours when the children are alone on their device and i don't think any of us have really thought through that when we give a child, a young child, age five or six, or a, a child who's 15 or 16, we mm. give them a device that is internet connected and they have an opportunity to connect to anybody else on the planet who also has an internet connection. And whilst there are fantastic, great, helpful, interesting people out there, there are also people out there who want to do harm to our children, yeah. either kind of mentally or, or, or physically. And, and, and we need to really wake up and, and see that there is an opportunity and a challenge there. I think you're absolutely right. Hit the nail on the head as usual. Lots of parents tell me that this is a game they can't ever win. The kids, Their kids always will know more than them. So why even bother entering into a conversation? What, what answer do you have for that? I don't think it's my place. You know, I'm a parent myself, my, and my children are just in their early 20s now, so they have lived through the, the MySpace and Bebo and Facebook age. And, sure. and it's not for me to tell parents how to be a parent you know my my children have survived and they are making some progress in the world and that's the best that i can say and as parents we all make mistakes but i think fundamentally if i was to say anything about parenthood it is that we provide our kids with as much support as we can and we make sure that when they come across our front doorstep that they always feel loved and they always feel valued no matter what they've done and if we are thinking about how we keep our children safe online, of course it's the case that children will, will know how to use the devices. But there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Mm. And that whilst the children know how to press the buttons, and as we get older, those buttons seem to get smaller and harder to press and all of those things, 
But what we have is, is wisdom about what people are like and how people interact and, and why some people might behave in the ways that they do. And I talk about digital literacy. And that by this, I don't mean it as a fancy name. Mm. What I mean is, is that actually it's about working out what people are saying and why they're saying it or why they're posting pictures or why they're posting sound or why they're posting movies and what is it that we're supposed to think when they post those things. Mm. And parents can be sitting alongside their children and, and providing advice and saying, actually, this is what I would do in this circumstance. This is how I would respond. Mm. And this is why I say to parents, actually, you need to have a Facebook account. You need to have a social media account. Not so you have to post things, but so that you can see what the trends and what the memes are and what is viral that week so that they can turn to the children and say, I see a lot of people are looking at this this week. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah. And whether it is uh, something which is a lie or whether it's something that is political, you know, we can see extremisms and right-wing groups posting all kinds of things. And mm. it's, if we're to protect our children and make them more aware, then we have to be there with them, not necessarily all of the time, but regularly. And we model appropriate behavior in the same way that as adults, we need to model behavior for how to behave in restaurants, how to sit on trains, how to wait for buses, how to drive our cars, to be good citizens and to become good digital citizens needs adults to model that behavior. And I'm sorry to say that I would say that adults, whether it's parents or whether it's people like ourselves, mm. have not up to now modeled appropriate behavior or good citizenship online. And we see that through the, the hateful comments that that's celebrities and uh, women, for example, uh, receive online. And until we start to model that behavior and mm. say, that's not right, then our children will not know what's acceptable behavior. And we're not just talking about the virtual world here as well. You just catch any episode of Big Brother, Celebrity Big Absolutely. Brother. And this this is the horrible end of society. This is really nasty. I mean, there are some episodes that I just find so incredibly cringeworthy. I'm thinking, how have these people ever got to the state of elevation that they've reached with that? And this is reflective of society. And I... I wonder whether we all should still be playing outside and leave technology alone, Simon. Or, you know, are we going to move in the right direction? Is there hope? That's really what I'm trying to say. Is there hope in this tunnel somewhere? I think, well, I think that there is hope. Uh, one of the things that I talk about with the groups, I was with a group of year 11s this morning, mm. and one of the questions I ask is, is what are laws? What, what, what are the laws that we have? And when you tease them out, the laws that we have are a collective understanding and agreement of what we think is acceptable behavior. Right. You don't, you, against the law, it's an offense to steal from somebody's house or to thump somebody. You mm. know? So that, that's over hundreds of years we have established these things are not socially acceptable. Mm. And we have police forces and legal systems to, to, to manage those people who haven't received that message. And, and we are seeing and I would qualify this by saying that I think that we've had at times a kind of knee-jerk and over-response, sure. but we are starting to see people being prosecuted for what they write online. And within the period, I've been doing this e-safety work for about eight years now, mm. and you can see that the messages have changed now from, yeah. for many people, for most people. I can say what I like online, it's not the same as the real world, through to actually I need to think about what I write online because I could lose my job. And it's those big threats that change people's behaviors in the same way that people uh, no longer mostly drink and drive. Yeah. Whereas when, when you and I, Russell, were younger, that, that phrase, one for the road, or I'll just have another one, mm -hmm. 
uh, it'll be okay, I'm only driving a short distance. You know, mm. It takes quite a long time for that socially acceptable, unacceptable stuff to change. And we can look at other models of that, of whether it is binge drinking or whether it is um, fast food or whether it is smoking. You know, there are lots of examples of how it actually takes mm. about 10, 15, 20 years to change attitude. Another example would be domestic abuse. And that's in our lifetime. Yeah. And until quite recently, it was acceptable for husbands to hit their wives if they needed to and it's taken a long time for us to move that and if you look at sexism within the workplace and mm -hmm. gender inequality these things do take time so yes there is hope but it's not a short fix it's not a quick fix and getting Simon to come in and talk for an hour isn't going to fix it but it will start to put the seeds in people's minds about how they can move forward okay wise words no doubt about that but can we give practical advice and, and, and perhaps could you just give me just a couple of really juicy morselettes uh, for the audience so parents coming along to the parents evening which is 6 until 8.30 uh, on Safer Internet Day at the Grand Station in Wolverhampton what can they get from you they should certainly bring something to write with that's for sure and what are you going to be asking them to take away first of all they don't need to bring something to write with what okay. they need to do is, is to bring their mobile device with a camera oh. and then they'll be able to take a picture of my slides on screen and that was that would give them that that visual clue that they would then have forever rather than the piece of paper that they might lose on the way home this is good this sounds like more fun this is much more fun go on carry on what else what else well and, it, and that is about modeling appropriate uh, use of technology, isn't it? Which yes. is exactly what we've just been talking about. There are key areas that we need to think about that as a parent. And we look at the existing e-safety messages and, and say, well, actually, do these, do these stand up to scrutiny? So one of the e-safety messages that you hear people say forever and ever is never share personal information online. Sure. And, and yet that doesn't make any sense at all. If you want Amazon to deliver goods to you, you have yeah. to tell Amazon <laughs> your home address. It is such an obvious thing. And teaching young people how and when to share personal information, the benefits of sharing information yeah. as opposed to the costs of sharing personal information are really important things. Now, those are discussions that parents can have with their children all of the time. Should we give our mobile number when we're booking a train ticket, for example? Do we need to leave our name and address when we're leaving a review at, at the, the restaurant where we just had food? All of this is about saying, well, what's the benefit to us? If they're going to give us a thousand pounds or give us a car, then maybe we should give our real name and our address. But if not, then, then why do we have to always tell the truth in those pieces of information that, put, that are required of us. And equally so, if you take that statistic, which doesn't necessarily bear too much scrutiny, but you can see it's a trend, which is yeah. one in four adults met their partner online. Mm -hmm. we, can, we at least understand that it is now acceptable for people to use online dating, and mm -hmm. also people in, increase their, their friendship circles uh, through the people that they, they know who also know people online. Mm. So how do we teach children to, to have a progressive understanding of sharing personal information? And another message that we would have is, is, is this idea of never talk to someone online you've not met in the real world. And this mention of the real world is, 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 is not helpful at all. It is the real world online. Those are real people who are mm. conversing with our young people. And, and to make this distinction between real world and some kind of pretend virtual world isn't helpful at all. It is all part of our our existence and of our personalities. And I think that and another, before, yeah, go on, go on, carry on. I was just going to say that uh, another thing that I think that perhaps we can be a little glib about is tell a trusted adult if you're worried. Now that makes a lot of sense, but who is that trusted adult? Mm. And I think that as parents, 
And as teachers, and I was a teacher for a long time, we like to assume that it is us, but actually it may not be us. It might be our friend's mother. It mm. might be our big sister. It might be a friend <coughs> of our big sister. Yeah. And I do a lot of work in schools with what I call dinner nannies, lunchtime supervisors, because those people quite often are absolutely central to the learning community and mm -hmm. to the community outside the school. Absolutely. And for a child to go and hold hands with a dinner nanny is easy, as opposed to going to see a parent and, or a yeah. teacher and saying, I've done this thing online and now I'm worried. Mm -hmm. So what we can do is just give our children a list a, a range of trusted adults that we think will be useful to them. And these are practical things that, yeah. that, that parents can do just to open their eyes a little bit and mm. to think a little more broadly and say, actually, I can be more proactive and supportive in the, in the guidance that I give to my young people and is, the children in my care. Is there something that every parent can do or is some of the stuff just requiring a huge amount of experience and expertise? Do, do parents really have to put the hours in here or is it really very straightforward and almost common sense really? I would say that it 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 is common sense in as much as and if this isn't about judging parents you know I think this is a really important thing to say sure. and I'm not in the place to tell people how to parent but if you look at the what were the traditional issues that we had as 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 parents of teenagers is that they would go to parties and they may uh, have access to alcohol or they may have access to relationships that you thought was you know were, were too adult for them hmm. or recreational drugs and most parents are, if they want to be affected would have already provided support for the young people and said this is going to happen hmm. and these are the ways that you manage it and so that you will meet some parents sure. to say oh my child is, is very good he knows that he can call me if he sees one of his friends has, has had too much to drink or if he's had too much to drink and and they have quite an open understanding that that the kids will let themselves down and will let us down, but that's okay. We'll be, you know, we'll be there to pick them up and to support them. And that's exactly the same with the digital challenges that we have with our children. It's being aware that they're there and providing the support and ongoing guidance. One of the practical things that the parents can do is, is even if they don't use Facebook, they can have a Facebook account, they mm. can like the Digitally Confident page, mm. and the only updates that they'll get on their phone then or on their device will be, uh, a drip drip feed of things for them to think about and resources for them to use with their children mm. so they don't have to do anything other than look at their phone and see the new message and post that's there. Brilliant. So if they want to get across to your Facebook page, we just search on Digitally Confident? That's right. It's, uh, you can do a search for Digitally Confident at digitallyconfident.org or do a search through Facebook. We're also on Twitter as well. Or they can follow me too and I'm Simfin and I'll direct them. And that's one of the great things about social media is, is that people can, can simply message me on Twitter and say, mm. where can I find resources? How can I contact you? Mm. Where's the support for parents? And I can then just give them the link and then they have them on their device. Brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it, Simon. It's going to be an absolute hoot. Um, and you've got some really good things to share with people. Thanks very much for being it's my guest this evening. Oh, it's really good to catch up with you. It's just amazing. There's so much still to do. We thought we'd made some progress, but every corner I turn, there's all, you know a huge amount of progress we need there. Now, will we ever catch up? Well, one of the things, now you were too young, Russell, to remember this, but back in 1971, we went over to decimalisation. And we went from pounds, shillings and pence to pounds and pennies. And the pennies weren't even the same value as the old pennies. Mm. And this meant that in all of the shops, all of the goods and services had two prices on. And I can remember an old lady on Radio 4 saying, I just don't understand why they didn't wait for the old people to die before they brought this in. <laughs> and I guess that's where most of us as parents kind of feel. Is really that funny. I don't understand why they didn't wait for it to bring all this technology in when our kids were growing up. But that's 
not going to happen, is it? No. And it's, that's the first moment of realisation. Simon, thanks very much for being my guest. I really appreciate that. And I really look forward to it. Thanks very much and have a great evening. You're very welcome. Goodbye. This is Head Start FM Wolverhampton, a new initiative for 10 to 14 year olds and their families from across Wolverhampton.